Imagining your ideal life at some future old age is a really powerful exercise because what it does is it clarifies all of your actions and what they need to look like in the present. One of the biggest challenges people face is I kind of know where I'm heading, right? Like I have my North Star, I have my compass, but I don't know what that means. Like what should I be doing today? What should Michael be doing today? What should Sahil be doing today to drive towards that future? It's confusing. But when you think about what your ideal future end state is, all of a sudden you really clarify that exactly what it looks like. You can break down, okay, what does that mean I need to be doing on a daily basis? I'm Michael Chernow, and this is the Creatures of Habit podcast. Our habits will make us or break us. It's just that simple. I've lived on both sides of the tracks and have learned that the decisions we make on a consistent basis truly define who we are as human beings. On this show, I will be interviewing some of the most inspiring, motivating, and high-performing humans I've encountered to share their daily habits, routines, and rituals that help them stay on top of their game and ultimately happy. So sit back, relax, and pay attention because what you hear over the next 30 to 45 minutes could potentially change your life. Let's go. What up, y'all? Welcome back to the Creatures Habit Podcast. Today's guest is a dude that I've wanted to meet in person for a long time. Not only is he incredibly handsome and fit and smart and went to Stanford and played baseball there and did all these awesome, incredible fucking things and ran his first marathon in two hours and 57 minutes after only training for six months, actually started running six months before his first marathon and did a sub three-hour marathon um, as his first showing there, which is ridiculous and really just like I don't I don't know anybody that's ever done that actually. So I'm really, really excited to introduce Sahil Bloom. Um, we've got a lot to talk about. We have a lot of friends in common. It's been a long time coming. My brother, welcome. That's easily the best podcast intro I have ever had in my life. I need to like figure out how I can bottle you up and just bring you around with me everywhere I go. It'll now. cost you a I know it's going to cost. <laughs> it's going to cost me. I got to figure out what your hourly rate is for all my intros from here on out though. I appreciate it. <laughs> You also have an awesome podcast that I love that is like truly if you if anybody wants like like this podcast is considered in my mind like short form bite size. Yeah. Your podcast is true bite size. Like you're in like the four to ten minute bite size chewable pieces of content that I love because I could be on the train and and pound like five of them. Yeah. You know, three of them. The funny thing about it is it, it wasn't, I honestly, until recently, didn't even know it was a podcast. So I had this newsletter, The Curiosity Chronicle, that I've been writing since like May of 2021, maybe. So like, a, like I don't know, two, two and a half-ish years. Every single week, I've sent it twice a week. A bunch of people hit me up and were like, oh, hey, we want to listen to this rather than having to read it because I don't like reading something that you know takes seven, eight minutes to read. Everyone's attention span is shot to hell. So I was like, cool, I'll record it and I'll just embed the recording into the email send. So I started doing that. The only good way to do that is with this thing called Transistor, which apparently uploads it to all the podcast platforms while also giving you the embed link. So I had no idea, but this thing was getting uploaded to like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all over the place. And then I looked and it was like pushing a million downloads across all this stuff. And I was like, oh, damn, I had no idea that people were actually just listening to it as a podcast version all this time. So... That's what it is. That's, I haven't done anything with it. I don't know what the to way, do. By the way, the guy runs a sub three-hour marathon for his first one and then just like kind of unfo- like somehow ends up with a podcast that's doing <laughs> millions of fucking downloads. Uh, it's been a wild ride, man. Come on, bro. Wild ride. Um, we have fun. We have, a, we have a friend in common, Brian Mazza, Savage. 
Absolute savage. You're going to go see that man. And, and a great dad. Yeah, great dad. Great dad. Great, great, great guy. Um, I, I, you know, I, I want to kick this off. You had mentioned right before we started recording, like, like fitness in life, which I think is actually a really fun topic to talk about. The Creatures Have a Podcast is really sort of predicates, predicated on giving, like, habits that people can easily implement into their lives as opposed to like story podcasts. We're getting to know who you are, which is great. We'll do that. People can find out who you are by looking mm-hmm. that stuff up. I want to get, I want to get like real value from you while I've got you here. Um, so I do want to talk about the fitness and life stuff because I think that's really, that's like something that we all need to start practicing a little bit more, not just fitness in the gym, fitness on the street, fitness in life in general. But there's something that I listened to one of your, one of your podcasts actually earlier today that really intrigued me in regards to gratitude. And you talked about the gap between where you were mm-hmm. and where you are now. And sometimes when I talk about gratitude to people, because I do believe in gratitude, even though sometimes I have a hard time wrapping my head around it, and sometimes I don't actually like buy it, um, I still do it every single day. I've never actually done that. I've never actually said, okay, here's where I, like if I'm struggling to actually believe the words that I'm either thinking about or coming out of my mouth or writing it on a paper in terms of gratitude, what I have, not what I want, but what I have, going back five years and l- looking at like what I've become, over the last five years, what I've done over the last five mm-hmm. years as a way to say, okay, dude, like, doesn't matter if you if you could believe or not, your growth over the last five years is real. Can you just talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. Mental time travel is an unbelievably powerful tool for your life. And the whole idea is we are wired, you and I are the same, and there's going to be tons of your listeners that are this way. Highly ambitious people constantly driving for the next thing, trying to accomplish whatever the big next goal is, losing sight of all they've accomplished and feeling like they're never enough. You have that feeling like whatever you've done, ah, too bad, like I haven't done the next thing and there's someone that's done more than me. You feel that way constantly. Mental time travel is this exercise where you basically pull yourself out of the present and zoom out to the past and zoom to the future. And you can do do it two ways, right? So you zoom to the past and you just think about how blown away your younger version of yourself would be at all you've accomplished today. So just think about five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, how that younger version of Michael, that younger version of you would look and see where you are today and say like, holy shit, you've done a lot. And that feeling immediately instills this sense of gratitude in you that like, okay, I know that I'm ambitious. I know I want to go and accomplish more things than what I've done today. But my God, I've done a lot. Like I have created a huge gain from where I was to where I am today. And then the next level is you zoom to the future and you think about your 80-year-old self, your 90-year-old self, and how much they would give anything to be back in the present moment where you are today, experiencing whatever stress or bullshit you're having to deal with that's hurting you today and that's giving you that anxiety and making you feel that way, your older self would give anything to be back in this present moment and getting to experience that exact thing. I think that perspective is amazing. I think that, and I, there was another thing that you had mentioned in the podcast that I think is important to point out that like when you're zooming towards the future and you're thinking about yourself as a successful person potentially in the future, what attributes will it take to actually get there mm-hmm. in that future self? So think about what what it, what what it is necessary for you to actually – and this might be – I might be mashing up two of these different podcasts because there was another one that you were talking about goals that I also want to talk about because I thought it was – it really sparked some some inspiration for me. But if you were, if you were thinking about wanting to be – 
this person? Yeah. What are the things that you would that you would attribute to the success that that person yeah. has accomplished? Yeah. Imagining your ideal life at some future old age is a really powerful exercise because what it does is it clarifies all of your actions and what they need to look like in the present. One of the biggest challenges people face is I kind of know where I'm heading, right? Like I have my North Star, I have my compass, but I don't know what that means. Like what should I be doing today? What should Michael be doing today? What should Sahil be doing today to drive towards that future? It's confusing. But when you think about what your ideal future end state is, all of a sudden you really clarify that exactly what it looks like. You can break down, okay, what does that mean I need to be doing on a daily basis? An example of that, I sat down and I literally sketched out what does my ideal day look like at 80 years old? For me, it was sitting on a porch next to my wife, uh, a bunch of friends coming over for dinner, my kids sitting next to me, chatting, grandchildren playing out in this big yard, all of us smiling and laughing, right? There's not a whole lot about that that involves like private jets, money, yachts. Like, yeah, you need a house, you need a yard, but there's not a lot about money. There's a lot about loving relationships with my wife, with my kids, with my grandkids, with my friends. And there's the happiness that comes with that. And so for me, what does that mean in the present? Well, I can't expect to have a loving wife by my side at age 80 if I'm not being a loving and supportive partner today, right? That'd be ridiculous. I can't imagine that I can have loving kids who want to spend time with me when I'm 80 if I'm not a supportive dad today and every single day. Same thing with friends. If I'm not a loyal friend to these people today, how can I expect those friends to want to come hang out with me and have a big dinner with me when I'm 80? So all of a sudden, like creating this ideal version of what your day looks like in the future can actually inform how you should be acting, like what are your daily non-negotiables, the things you really need to focus on in the present. And it doesn't have to be crazy or like dramatic things. Those are like basic tenets of how you want to live. Like what are they for you? I mean, for me, every single day, I want to make sure that I am giving the people that I love the time and energy uh, that I feel like they deserve. And that's like my biggest non-negotiable in my life is like I want to make sure that the closest relationships, the people that I know are going to be there for me day in, day out, and that I want there by my side, that I want sitting on that deck with me and my 80-year-old life, they need to know that I am a supportive figure in their life. And that applies to all of the different relationships. It applies to my wife. Like I want my wife to, on a daily basis, know how much I love her. And that doesn't mean we don't fight, by the way. Like Fights are a thing, and that happens in all relationships. You'll fight with your kids, you'll fight with your wife, but that doesn't mean you can't fight in a way that is supportive, in a way that it's like, this isn't me versus you, this is us versus whatever problem we're facing. And we can work through that, we can grow through that. So those, I mean, for me, it all comes down to relationships. Beyond that, there's all of the things around health. I mean, I I had a conversation with an 80-year-old man. This is like January of 2023, beginning of this year. And I had asked him what advice he would give to his 20-year-old self. It's a family friend. And he said, treat your body like a house that you're going to have to live in for the next 70 years. And I remember that stuck with me so much thinking about it that way because it's true. Like it is. Your body is going to be a house that you are going to have to live in for a long, long time. And yet people treat it like absolute shit. They treat their house like shit. They drink all the time. They eat crap. They don't move around. They do all sorts of things that you would never do if you knew you were going to be living in that house for the next 70 years. And so his point was 
make the minor repairs along the way that you need, like keep the foundation and the roof strong, doing the basic things, make the daily, weekly, and monthly investments that you need to make in order to make sure that that house is in incredible shape for the next 70 years of your life. Ages with time. Oh, uh, ages well yeah. with time. Um, and some houses do age well with time. And if you do those things on a daily basis, you see that in people's faces. I just went to my 10-year college reunion and I was blown away that like we're all 32 years old, but some people looked 55 and some people looked 30. Like, why do you think that is? Well, your daily habits show up on your face after 10 years. Whatever you're doing on a daily basis shows up on your face after 10 years and you can tell. So- what better reason to start focusing on the right things now? You know, a few things that you said that I want to touch upon. One is I think we have way more in common than I even knew. My number one priority in life is breakfast every morning with my wife and kids and dinner every night at 6 p.m., period, unless I'm traveling, which I try to do as little as possible, um, outside of a vacation with the family, which I try to do as much as possible. <laughs> that is... And, and, and being an entrepreneur for the last 15 years, you know, I've had to learn, like, it has, been a long, it has been a long journey, right, understanding this boundary component. But like you said, when I think about my future and I think about the future self, I'm, in the, I'm sitting on the same porch with you, man. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting on the same porch. It's not about, like, you know, floating on a yacht from island to island. It's about, like, literally being happy. And being happy for me is on a Sunday with my wife and kids in front of the fireplace about ready to turn on the Giants game, even though the Giants game doesn't make me happy these days. Like, that is, yeah. that is like, what I consider. It's not about, like, yes, of course, the bank account adds a level of comfort, right? Like, smooth sailing in business, which is very rare, like, is awesome. Mm -hmm. But it contributes to a happy life. At the end of the day, what actually makes me happy, the most happy, viral happiness is being with the people I love mm -hmm. as often as possible. And I think it's been studied, actually, that that is ultimately yeah. the catalyst to true success. Forget money. Like, true success, in my opinion, is how do you feel about yourself? Yeah. Like, what is the feeling when you wake up in the morning or when you, when, when you, when you go to retire at night? Like, how do you feel about yourself? You know? Yeah, I mean, the... Um the Harvard study of adult development, which tracked people over the course of 80 plus years. Still uh, going. You know, that, yeah, it's still going. Thousands of people now uh, within this longitudinal study um, found that the most clear predictor of health at age 80 was relationship satisfaction at age 50. So how you felt about your relationships when you were 50 years old was the most important predictor, more important than whether you smoked, more important than your, you know, your heart health, like more important than all those things for how you actually were physically at age 80. Like what, what better proof do you need that that's the most important thing? I think it's also important to bring up, and this is something that I have some level of, of experience with. I happen to be like a very, I love people, I genuinely love people. Um, but I will say I'm in my early 40s now. And it is – it's harder to make new friends yeah. as you get older, right? It's harder to make new friends as you get older because you're not just making a friend. 
typically, if you're if you're like me and you're married with kids, you're making a whole fam. It's mm-hmm. got to be like a whole family friendship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's n- kind of nice having the like just friend thing, though. <laughs> I will say, like Brian, who who you mentioned at the beginning, is you know he's my neighbor. Like he lives a quarter mile away from me. We didn't know this for the first I don't know eighteen months that I was living there. Got connected by like a mutual friend that had met him, who said like this dude. I think he lives right near you, and he he's into cold plunging and he's into sauning and working out and doing all this stuff. You, you guys should definitely meet. And I was texting Brian this morning. I was like, how crazy is it that we met eight months ago? Like, I feel like you're one of my best friends. Like we see each other every single day and we don't, you know, our kids aren't the same age. He's got older boys and like, we're friendly as families, but we haven't turned it into like every single time we hang out, it's a whole family gathering. Cause Brian and I, like we work out together. That's a thing. And, um, I do think there's a value in having relationships that are separated because then we can talk about stuff that you wouldn't be able to talk about when you're in a group setting, right? Totally. Like you talk about relationships, talk about your kids, talk about stuff that you might not feel comfortable with if it was in a family setting. So it is important to have different types of relationships in your life and have those like friendships that can be both. I also think that as you get older, relationship development, specifically personal relationship development, friendship is is is, is way more intentional than it was when you were younger, mm-hmm. right? Because you're in environments as a younger person where there're just far more people around, you're doing you're doing things that are just far far easier to identify on, right? Like as an as a as a as a as an adult, you're ultimately not in those environments where there's an enormous amount of identification, right? Like you actually intentionally have to make a relationship. And so what I've done, you know, I live in upstate New York now, about two and a half hours north of the city. I love sauna and cold plunge. And I've got a great, awesome, you know, six-person barrel sauna. I've got an ice barrel that sits right next to it. And what I've started doing is you know, like converting the upstate people Mm -hmm. (laughs) into the sauna cold plunge thing. And you're right, they're not, coming over to hang out with the family. Mm-hmm. It's me and four, three or four other guys on Thursday night <laughs> sitting around a fireplace and then going into the sauna and, and cold plunging. And it's fucking awesome. And I love it. Um, one other thing that I want to talk about before we get into your morning routine is real quick, this goal thing. I think the goal, the goal setting thing that you had mentioned about specifically around the marathon, mm-hmm. that you set this big, great goal for yourself and then you achieved it and you were kind of like, okay, now what? And you felt like this, like even, you were, you were almost even in a less... Um, I don't I don't know how how to explain the feeling that you were trying to explain in the podcast, but like you were you felt less excited or less um, ambitious after the marathon than you did even in in training right before it. Yeah, this is I, I call it the paradox of goals, which is we set these big ambitious goals. And by doing that, we basically create this perfect storm for unhappiness because either you fail to hit the goal, which it's binary in your mind. Like I'm either going to hit this goal and things are going to be great or I'm not and it's going to be awful. And so you fail to hit the goal and you're like, oh, this is terrible. I missed my goal. Or you achieve it and you have this like momentary sensation of happiness and fulfillment that comes from achieving the goal. And really, by the way, the best feeling is like right before you achieve it. It's like the moment before you cross the finish line where you know you're going to do it, but you haven't done it yet. Because right after, you immediately reset to this like, okay, now what? I mean, I woke up the next morning and I felt lost, if I'm being honest. I was like, man, I've been training for six months for this. Every morning, I knew exactly what I had to do. I knew what I had to eat. I knew what my training was. And now I'm like, okay, what am I training for? I don't want to do another marathon. What What is it? What's the thing that's causing me to wake up and be excited physically today? 
And I didn't have that. So it's this weird thing with big goals that we're basically setting ourselves up to have that unhappiness. And so my own rationalization with it is that I really want to focus more on micro goals, which is this idea that you can have like mini goals along the way. It's still good to have that big goal that sort of sets your compass, your vision, like your trajectory, but really focus in on like, what are those kind of micro goals along the way that push you forward? I want to push back on that a little bit. Okay. Because I've, my experience with big goal setting is there's no doubt about it. Like I've done, so I've, I've, I've committed to doing big things in, in fitness and fatherhood and business and I've accomplished them. So I understand that feeling of like, like, uh. however, one thing that I have actually introduced into my life is the post goal plan. Mm. And the post goal plan perfectly like like played out here. Meatball Shop was the first business that I founded, right? I co-founded, and I knew at about three and a half years in that I was going to exit that business. And so when I knew that that was going to come, that was a big goal for me, right? I was like, "Holy shit, I'm going to exit my first business," and it wasn't super comfortable, but I knew that that was coming about you know six to twelve months away. And I said, I built a post goal plan mm. that had Seymour's right behind it. So I had started to get excited, really, not That's only great. was I excited about Meatball Shop, fuck yeah, I was excited about taking like my first ever, you know, check out of a business, I paid myself nothing at Meatball Shop, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to reap the, the rewards of this, and then right after that, I'm going to open up this, this other business. With Seymour's, I knew, I knew that I was going to run Seymour's for four to five years, and about two years in, I said, okay, let, what is the post-goal plan? Because the post-goal plan is as important, if not more important, than the actual goal, mm. because I don't want to be exactly what you talked about, which was kind of like aimless walking yeah. at, you know, with like maybe some more money in my, in my possession, which ultimately doesn't really change much in your life, like actually, which people wouldn't understand necessarily unless they experience it, right? Like you're the same person. Mm -hmm. You're the same fucking person. So- I think having a post goal plan. So for me, with, I like Creatures, that. with Creatures of Habit, we ha I've got the goal, which is three to four years away, and then I've got the post goal plan. I've got the post goal plan already set in, in stone. And I love though what you said about the micros because I think the micros are going to be exactly what we talk about next, mm -hmm. which is what are you doing on a daily basis to win? What are you doing on a daily basis to actually win? Um, so I'd love to hear what your morning routine looks yeah. like. Yeah. My whole mantra is around, I mean, everyone has talked about like do hard things, right? Do hard things because life is hard and you're going to get hit with involuntary hardship in life. And if you've done hard things all along the way, you are more well prepared when that strikes. And so for me, do hard things means get cold, get hot, move fast, lift heavy shit, have tough conversations. All of those things are hard and your mind is going to tell you not to do them. And if you can override that on a daily basis over and over and over again, you are so well prepared whenever the involuntary struggle comes into your life. I also am a huge believer on the relationship front, which we talked about a little bit, that shared struggle builds unbreakable bonds. When you've struggled with people, 
you have a relationship and a connection that just goes deeper than anything else. Scientifically, shared struggle actually releases oxytocin, which is a chemical that's associated with feelings of love and connection. So when you've trained with someone super hard, when you've gotten cold with someone over long periods of time, there's a reason that you feel connected to them. It's actual chemical thing in your brain that happens. So like with Brian, as an example, we did some miserable runs this summer together. We did a ton of training. We did a ton of contrast therapy. We did stuff together over the course of a six-month period that most people have never done with the like looser friendships over their whole life. And so it's not surprising to me that we have a deeper bond and a deeper connection as friends because it's real. Like That really means something. Um, so it's a long, winding way of answering your question, but all of it for me comes down to this idea of doing hard things. So tactically... I wake up super early. I'm like a early to bed, early to rise guy. So I go to bed by 8.30. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's 4.15 right now. Like I'm going to go back and start winding this. down. Yeah, like I'm going to go have dinner and start winding down because I wake up at 4. Um, so I'm up at 4. Uh, really, that's like a – that's been a long-term thing for me that I've always been, you know, an early riser. Now – I do it because it's the only time of day that I get truly to myself. Before my son is awake, I have an 18-month-old, before my wife is awake. And so if I want to get like a true focus work block in where there are no distractions in the world, it has to come before 7.30 in the morning. And so I get up at 4, I get in my cold plunge for 3 to 5 minutes, depending on the morning. That sits out on our deck. It sucks every single morning. People ask like, oh, is it getting easier because you've done it for so long? Hell no. Getting out of a warm bed and going into the pitch black in New York when it's like 30 degrees out or snowy is one of the most miserable things in the world, no matter what. So I do that every single morning. Uh, and then I'm at my desk. I mean, I got from you know 5 a.m. to 7.30. That's like my core focus work block when I'm doing whatever writing, working on my book, uh, you know, whatever content I'm creating, whatever the thing is for that day, that's what I'm focusing on. So you go, you, you don't get hot first. You go right into the cold, straight into the cold hot for me is at night. So I'll do like, I'll go home tonight. I'll do 20 minutes in the sauna. That's when I do all my reading, man. Cause you can't bring your phone in there or anything. So like I'll print out articles. I want to read passages, things I'm editing, whatever, like I'll print it out on paper and bring it in the sauna. And that's, I, that's one of the best parts of my day. Just like that focused time where you have no distractions. There's no phone. There's no like notifications, nothing. Um, but I do that every single night. So I'll go sauna 20 minutes on 210. Basically, I mean, any night I'm home. I love reading in the sauna. That's my reading oh, time as well. And, and we just got a puppy. And so my morning routine is pretty structured. And my wife said, well, <clears throat> you wanted this puppy and this puppy's going to get up early. And I'm like, great, the puppy's going to get up when I get up. So it's not like it's waking me up, mm -hmm. but it completely derailed my morning routine. But what's interesting about that for me, which I thought was going to be a little harder to acclimate to, which I'm, I'm proud of, is that like, I'm totally cool. Yeah. Like I've distilled my morning routine into a super simple, non-negotiable thing that I do when I travel. I'm there. I've been there for the last month. I haven't been sauna and cold plunging every morning. I haven't been red light and meditating. I haven't been doing my reading in the morning in the sauna. I've got like a daily book that I get three pages of in the morning at the breakfast table with the family. And, you know, I, I love the fact that you're structured though. And I love the fact that, that doing hard things is something that is, is, is priority in your life. Because I will say, you know, being an being a, a, a an entrepreneur of, of of a small business in startup mode is fucking hard. Mm -hmm. It's very hard. It's super duper hard. It's painful, and there's also amazing beauty in it and amazing learning in it. But the the hard shit that I've done in my life has absolutely prepared me 
to deal with the hard shit that life throws at us constantly. It's also really important what you just said because non-negotiables and understanding what those are is hugely empowering, right? Like for you to know what the non-negotiables are and the like minimum viable version of it is critical because then you can be dynamic. Like you can take a punch, you can roll with the, you know, puppy or whatever the baby crying, like whatever the thing is and not get totally derailed. Most people let optimal get in the way of beneficial. So totally. they'll say like, oh, I don't have an hour to work out. So I'm just not going to work out or I don't have 20 minutes to sauna. So I'm not going to do it. Like whatever the thing is. And the reality is anything above zero compounds. So 100%. as long as you have that in your life, you're making forward progress. Dude, this was awesome. Really quick before we end, you've got a book coming out? Yeah, probably about a year away, though. Okay. These things take freaking forever. Okay, man. okay. Copy yeah. that. Yeah. Um, where can where can we find you? I am at Sawhill Bloom on basically every platform. Uh, newsletter is at my website, sawhillbloom.com. And uh, you can find me in all those places. The benefit of having a weird name. It's easy to find me. Thank you so yeah, much thank for being you, on the show, Appreciate dude. it. Looking forward to hanging out. Absolutely. Ladies and gents, thank you so, so much for tuning in to yet another episode of the Creatures of Habit podcast. This one was fast and furious. I think we delivered some value for you to share with your friends, your family, and hopefully throw in your back pocket. Uh, it means the world to me that you guys are part of this community. It would mean the world to me if you did that and shared this podcast as well as took 97 seconds, you could time it, to write a review. It could be as little as, thank you so much, Creatures Have a Podcast, you guys rock. Write a quick review and give us a five-star rating. That would mean the world because that is what ultimately helps this podcast grow. Um, again, you guys know I love you. I really appreciate you. Until the next one, y'all, peace. And there you have it, folks. I hope we delivered some valuable content for you to implement into your life on a daily basis. Please remember that our habits have the power to make us or break us. Replacing bad habits with great ones is the answer to living a life of happiness, optimism, and high performance. We are capable of achieving anything. We all have what it takes to give it all we've got. Commit to one great habit each day and truly commit and watch how everything in your life starts evolving from good to great. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a five-star rating and a nice review that will help us grow this podcast, bring on more amazing guests, and continue to deliver invaluable content on a weekly basis. Lastly, please share this podcast with any friends or family that you think might appreciate it. And always remember, want plus do equals have. Until the next one, fam. Peace.